Hi, my name is Dora, and this is a podcast called Verified Geek. It's a podcast with guests that work or have worked in the tech industry. They share with me their journeys, thoughts, hobbies, and interests. Please join me. In today's episode, my guest is Inesh. She does visual effects, and she has even worked for multiple series for Netflix. She will share with us how she got into visual effects, her opinion of how easy or difficult it is to get a job in this industry, her day-to-day life at work, how she's coping with the multiple London lockdowns, and much, much more. Let's do it. Hi, Inesh. How are you? How are you doing? Hi, Dora. I'm good, thanks. Very good. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, good, good. Uh, Very excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this yeah. is a, a first for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a first for me too, even though it's the third episode. I've never really done any of that. Uh, so um, are you in London right now? You're in London, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, made it back home, thankfully, for uh, Christmas. And I made it back on the 31st into London, which is just in time before they start closing everything down. So just yeah. made it. Yeah, I had the same experience. Yeah, it's a bit. How how are you handling the whole thing? Are you working from home? Yeah, I've been working from home since first lockdowns. Really, never made it into the office even during summer. Uh, so I've just been home. We're lucky that we've got a second room, which we turned into an office. So both me and my partner work there. Oh, that's and, amazing! Uh, yeah, we're very lucky in that sense. So. Uh, yeah, just been working from home and it's been on and off furlough and not furlough, depending on what, what jobs actually come through. So, yeah, right, right. pretty chill, really. <laughs> nice. So just to let the world know, uh, you've worked in uh, te- the tech companies like doing animation and motion graphics. And then mm-hmm. from that on, you move to virtual effects. Uh, yeah. That is kind of like your journey, right? So what was your what was your first job title right out of uni? Oh, my first job title was a generalist. Not even 3D generalist, oh, well. just a generalist. <laughs> because to be fair, I had a lot of interest. I, I liked editing and I liked motion graphics and I liked everything to do with 3D animation from modeling to rigging to texturing and everything. So I just, I was eager to experiment as much as possible. And sure enough, the first job that I had, which I ended up staying for almost three years, was exactly that. But unfortunately, as happy as I was in the beginning to experiment as much as I could, eventually it took me away from the animation, which is what I wanted. So I ended up doing a lot of motion graphics, uh, a lot of editing, a lot of Photoshop work. And um, <laughs> it's a small world, isn't it? I ended up doing a bit of VFX and two sh- two films, uh, low budget right. films. Right. And this is what got me into VFX because I was very interested in everything, but I couldn't pinpoint one thing that I could imagine myself doing. And then I kind of did those two VFX and I was like, actually, you know, this is pretty cool. Like, can you imagine myself doing this? Like all of it. I really like it. Oh, uh, so, the, so virtual, that- the, the virtual effects, you didn't do it part of your, part of your job. You just did it outside your job. No, it was, part of my job I mean it was a my job itself I wasn't hired to do VFX I I had no skills I knew nothing about VFX actually I remember that when I was in uni I I used to think I want to do everything but VFX Uh, (laughs) and then because the job came I was like yeah sure let's give it a try and I really really liked it Uh, so that's 
what made me quit my job and go study. And I did a short course and a course in compositing for visual effects. And that's what got me into it. Amazing. Amazing. So staying at the animation part, uh, did you work with like programmers and uh, producers and all this stuff? Was it, did you have to do meetings with programmers trying to finalize how to do animations or was it just you uh, and a team and you had to be creative creating animations? I got a bit of both worlds, I guess, because when I was out of uni or even in uni and I started doing some freelancing, then obviously it was just me and the client. So I had to listen to the brief and see what they wanted and try and steer them in the right direction and do it. But even I was really green. So it was basically he'd ask me to do something, which nowadays I would put my foot down, you know. But back then I was like, yes, master, I'll do whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Like we all do in our first jobs. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I had that side, but I I also had the other side where I had the producer and I had the whole team and I was hired specifically for animation, but there were people doing the texturing or the rigging or the modeling and uh, they they directed my work so I didn't have anything okay. to do with the client uh, so I got a bit of both in that sense which was a good experience. So did you the thing that I because I, I worked with animators at some point and the thing that I always I'd admire in them is that like we just have a job nine to five as programmers or like um, anything else like a project manager and stuff they have a job nine to five that's it whereas with animators or people that do that kind of the creative job they have to be creative from nine to five you know did you did you ever like find that difficult because yeah I think what always amazed me with with animators was like you have to be creative now nine nine to five you know that's all you have uh did you find that difficult uh no no really I um I think that creativity was something that came naturally to me I always wanted to do something to do with the arts uh and it was just part of the job I knew that was part of the fun if I go into uh this area that I can you know come up with so many stories or characters or come up with my own little world and that was part of the fun so it's just I never even thought about that actually yeah Uh, it's just you sit down and you do it but you don't always get to be super creative obviously sometimes people direct you and they tell you okay this is the kind of animation this is exactly how you're going to do it or other times they're like okay this is more or less what I want do what you can with it which is the most it's the fun fun part of stuff yeah Uh, but that was never a problem so, um, yeah, I guess you, you, I, you guys are looking for the job that you're going to be as creative as possible, I guess. I remember some of my colleagues were like, well, I'm going to leave the job because I don't feel I'm creating anything. I, I feel like I'm being, I'm being told what to do and there's no creativity behind the job and they would end up leaving the job because of that. That, that sure happens. Uh, it's, it's part of it. It depends on what you get at the time. But yeah, you can try and stir your career in a way where you can either be the one leading or be led. Uh, people like both things. I, I I like the creative stuff, but I honestly don't mind from time to time because it's it's uh, 
you lose a lot of your brain, isn't it? It's intense having to think about these things all the time. So it's okay after, you know, leading a project or coming up with a bunch of stuff. It's okay for a while to just sit down, be told what to do, and you can relax a bit more. You just get to uh, focus on technical side. And this goes both for, obviously, animation and VFX. Yeah, it's true. So uh, moving on to VFX. Uh, so you on your first job, you learned how to do a bit of uh, virtual effects and that's how the whole thing boomed, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. In my first job, I got given two, two little projects and one of them was in, he was in, even in After Effects, which is anyone who's a compositor listening to this are going to be like, oh, no. Uh, and uh, I did I like After Effects, but... I'm I love After Effects. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do love After Effects. I haven't played with it for quite a while, but I always really liked it. Uh, but then if you do compositing, there's other programs that you can use. And the one that I use, uh, it's called Nuke. Um, and I thought I learned After Effects so easily. Surely I can pass into Nuke. So the second project that we did, I was like, yeah, let's do it in Nuke. And oh my God, I mean, nothing to do with it with after effects it just, it's just node based it's not layer based it's, it's completely different way of thinking and you've got all the control which once you know what it is it's amazing but if you're waiting for the program to do it for you like in after effects that's not the case um but uh then i experimented with the program and i really liked it and at the time i just i wasn't happy anymore in my career and in general with certain things in my life so i was in search for a, a change and this was like you know what this is cool Let, let's pursue this right uh, so, so what what kind of programs do you do you use now nuke right nuke yeah. okay that's the big big name now is it well, part of adobe no others. no 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 it's from the foundry so do you use programs from adobe to do like uh stuff in 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 uh, illustrator or photoshop and stuff or not, not well Ill illustrator don't think it plays a role in the vfx world but photoshop for example not so much for compositor even though obviously it's good to know in case you need to jump to do something specific uh but if you're you know environment td or something like that jumping into photoshop to do a bunch of textures or anything like that that's very useful so yes, the more you know, the more you can combine and the more versatile you are. But in my case, I, I tend to stick with Nuke, even though from time to time I still you know, use other programs to create something specific from it, whether it is a 2D or 3D software. Right. So d can you describe me, before this whole madness started with coronavirus, uh, can you describe me like a day-to-day -day life in your company? Uh, what, what what do you do? What what meetings do you have? Who do you talk to? Do you work with programmers now or not? Not at all? No, no, right. no. So unfortunately, no programs. Uh, in, in, well, I've got, uh, sorry, does it count as it? We've got pipeline and uh, people right. yeah, actually guess so because they're programming and everything and scripting in the background, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. They 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 require to know just a bit. I guess. Uh, so what 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 would be like from like nine nine to five a uh, day? What what would you do? Um, well, you get up in the morning, you go to work, and you get there. We're quite a very because I've been in this company for four years now, and we're a very sociable company. And the first thing everyone does is get together and get their coffees and everything else before they sit down. We tend to have a morning scrum. Uh, to make sure that everyone knows what is going on in the company, not just in their department, but in general, just to have an idea and to make sure that everyone knows more or less what they're going to do for today. 
uh, even though it's a more a scrum is more a general thing. And then you sit in front of the computer, you have we use a program called F-Track Online, which uh, you get to see what your shots are, what you're working on, uh, what you have been assigned, how long you've got to do it, etc. And then eventually someone will probably come into a round and come and talk to you, whether it is a coordinator or your leads, and they sit with you and they make sure that you know what today tasks are, what you're going to do, if you need any briefing with something, if you've got any questions, you know, just a little chat to make sure that you know what you're doing for today. Uh, and then after that, you just, yeah, get cracking and you just work on your stuff, uh, comping all day long. Uh, nice. You've got your lunch break, which generally, once again, we all sit together and we do that. And uh, that's the most basic one, then drinks after work, generally. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, it's crazy well, like how I miss that now. <laughs> I know, I know, I really do. Even if it's just an hour to be able to like wind down and just socialize a little bit away from the computers. Yeah. Are you one of those people? Because I have colleagues that were like, oh, I actually love it working from home. Are you the one, the, 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 the type of person that loves working from home or the type of person that cannot wait to go back to the office? Oh, I got both, I guess. I love the fact that I don't need to commute. I can get up at like nine in the morning and get my coffee and something and just be working at 9.30 because I hate getting up early in the morning. So that's a massive plus for me. And it's relaxed because it's my own environment. I have everything set up now, but I really miss the sociable aspect of it. Not just the banter, but also the, I can easily get up and go and talk to the producer or go and talk to my leads. Or if I'm leading someone, I can go and talk to them very quickly. And if I need to help someone and teach something or show something, it's so much more efficient to just sit in front of them in the computer and be able to show and talk about something. So I do really miss that that part. So I guess 50-50, I'll, I'll be really looking forward to getting out of the flat and going to work two, three times a week. But maybe the other two I could do with staying home. Best yeah. of the world. Actually, uh, I think most of the companies might do that now, actually. Like probably, I mean, we were working from home Fridays sometimes. Uh, so I'm guessing now. They might, they might actually adopt that and do it like, I don't know, Thursday, Friday. But at the moment, I cannot wait to go back to the office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the moment, same for me. I think it also depends because VFX and generally have a lot of things to do with content that can't be shown outside of the office or make sure that no one steals anything or signs all the NDAs and everything. So that makes things a bit harder, just an extra layer. But as we've proven, if it needs to happen, we'll make it happen, right? So hopefully this mentality won't go back to, no, no, everything needs to stay into the office and people will find ways to be able to work from home a bit more and be more flexible. Yeah, you're 100% right on that because, yeah, with us, because I do like, I do full stack now, but I used to do front-end development, which means that I was I had to speak to designers all the time mm. at some point in my career and, yeah, they, they were like, my, my bosses were like, no, 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 there's no chance that you can work from home. You need to be in the office. You need to be talking to people. But yeah, yeah, obviously it's doable. We proved that we can do it. Can we go back now? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> but um, let's say you get a new movie or a new TV series. Uh, and how does the whole process start? Do you do a meeting like how how does the whole thing kick kicks kick like kicks off? Well, it depends on your involvement. If I'm just a comper and not leading on anything, generally it's very easy for me. Uh, production and the leads 
and supervisor take care of everything from you know bidding to try and get the show to then maybe going on set to help them film and guide everything to then process make sure the pipeline works well with the grading company and the editing company and uh then me as an artist i just get a shot that pops up in my list then uh, then i get told what to do so that's the easiest part uh but when you're leading or supervising something then i honestly really like that part because it also involves uh talking to people right so i like that part so when i get given that like generally production or um the bosses in the company they get the show and they start getting everything right they read the script and then you have the process of bidding which is to say okay we assume from the script these are the shots that might be the effects and this is what might be done in it and this is how much we would charge for it this is a process that keeps being revised constantly as it gets shot and everything because obviously you're just guessing to begin with uh and then eventually after that you get to work with the client and go to things called spotting sessions where you all sit together and you watch either the film or part of the film or the episode and you all spot out what's going to have to be done in post production and then decide what goes to visual effects or what can be done in the online or can be done by different departments in grading for example Uh, so that that's fun and then you decide and talk to the client exactly what they want and how you can find a middle ground for whatever reason because maybe they just can't imagine very well something and you try and steer them in the right direction or they imagine something that's way way more crazy than it needs to be and then you calm them down uh or they they have an epic vision and you just got to jump on board with the vision 100% so that's fun and then the shots start coming to the building and production takes care of normally um of all of that side of stuff talking with client make sure everything gets downloaded and conformed and put into the pipeline and then you got to just assign the shots to different artists and then as a lead you kind of you can do some shots yourself and you generally guide the other artists control their work make sure they understand what has to be done if they need any support whatsoever whether they don't know how to approach something or they they I don't know they've got any questions you can help them and then from there make sure that everything is done properly and then pass on to production to send back to client um with everything that's been done at this point creatively and um technically approved and then they carry on on their side that's a good question actually um so with us uh the the when we create something like an application like a web application or something we need to show to the client something every two weeks now. It used to be something different than that. It used to be like probably a month or a month and a half. But right now, uh, I mean, it, dep- it depends on the company. But right now, most of the companies have adopted this. There's companies that actually show stuff to the client every three days or something. Uh, but generally speaking, it's like one to two weeks. How often... Do you have to show something back to the client? Um, often, because you kind of need to be in communication. So, I mean, every company is every company, right? It gets in every job is is different from each other. But what we generally do is, once we get the shots in the building and we revise everything, um, we decide on milestones. So we kind of create a general calendar. Nothing is set in stone, but then we say, okay, well, this is the first rounds of work in progress, which is going to get the ball rolling on, make sure they're all in the same page creatively. This is what they want. They can tell us, okay, no, this is not exactly it, or this is exactly it, carry on. 
Uh, and then generally depends on how creative the shots are or not. If it's not anything super creative, you kind of just get one round of this, but sometimes you get two or even three to make sure that it gets signed off creatively by both producers and um, directors. And once that happens, then you just focus on the technical side. And if you need to show them again for some reason, even though they don't have to prove anything technically, that's up to us to make sure we do our job properly. And then we do it, we QC it, and then it goes back to the client and hopefully everyone's super happy. But you, you stay in contact constantly. And if you've got any questions for whatever reason, everyone tends to be very approachable, right? We're all in the same boat. So if you've got a question, you just email them, production emails them. Like, actually, can we clarify something about this shot? So yeah. every, yeah. depends on the shows, every three days or every week or every week and a half, depending on the workloads. Um, right. Never had yeah. too much more than yeah. that because you kind of always want to make sure that it doesn't go a long time without talking to them because you might just be spending loads of time doing something that actually it's completely the wrong direction. Yeah, that makes sense. So basically, um, from day one, do you actually see the client, the producers and the directors? And are, Is the director the client? Uh, oh, my God, I don't want to lie about this, but I, I don't think so. I think that the company yeah. that we're working with is the client, which right, involves right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. and directors and everyone that has to approve everything creatively. We don't get one person approving um, what we do, we get three or four. They all have a say. And once yeah. everyone's happy yeah. with it, even though they tend to be on the same page generally. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's not just one person. Did you, uh, what kind of movies did you did you work on? Can you name some of the pr- past movies or series? Yeah, I, I've not, I haven't done many, many movies, but I've worked on um, shows like, uh, Outlocking from Netflix. I worked on Assassin's Creed back in the beginning of my VFX days when the first one came out. And oh god, I just don't even remember. We worked on because we also have code names for all of this. So <laughs> we spend a year, a year and a half working on something, calling it whatever you want, and then it comes out, and the name is completely different. So yeah. I'm actually not 100% sure. <laughs> name of what the things are but uh we worked on a lot more tv series than we did um films right so netflix like how was the how was the um, uh whole uh experience with netflix uh it's been great we've got a really good relationship with them and we've got a few directors that we work with that are just loved by netflix so uh the last big show that we did is called gangs of london and um, right. the director, right. one of the directors, the main director, Gareth Evans, he he gets along very well with Netflix and he just really likes working with us as well. So we're still, we're now talking about other projects that we're doing with them and getting the ball rolling as well. Uh, but Netflix, it's never been, um, as far as I know, because <laughs> I'm not in the production, so I don't deal with that directly, but as far as I know, it's all been pretty straightforward. Nice, nice. That's good. So for in total, you've been working for how long? Like nine, ten, nine years? In VFX. No, no. I've been working five years for VFX. Oh, VFX. And uh, before that, I worked uh, in total, yes. Mm. And before that, I did five years or four years and a half of other stuff to do with, like I was saying, the animation and everything else. Did, did you ever think about leaving London 
and work somewhere else? <laughs> I did. I did at the beginning, 100%. I was like, oh my God, I want to go to New Zealand and work for Weta. Or I want to go to Canada and work in amazing companies that exist there. Like they've got really good companies. Um, and I thought it's a good opportunity to go and travel the world and work here and there. Uh, but in the meantime, just I ended up staying. I did go and work in Stockholm for um, a company called their ILP for two months. And But apart from that, I ended up staying in London. And to be fair, I am so happy in the company that I am that I'm not in a rush to even go through all the companies in London because um, I just want to stay for where I am for quite a bit longer. And then from there, I know that I'm not in a rush because I know that eventually I'll go through all of them. And uh, traveling would be great. Yeah, definitely. I'm who loves traveling. So, having said that, um, most of the people that work in tech now, what they're doing is they're going back to where they're from, or they're choosing a sunny country, and they choose to work from there. I can't do it personally. My company won't let me do that. But uh, would you? Would you do that? Would you move actually somewhere sunny and and work remotely? Yeah. Well. Um, that was something that we considered both me and my partner because I come from the south of Portugal, which is like gorgeous beaches and gorgeous weather almost all year round. The only problem with that is, unfortunately, due to the situation, COVID means that I wouldn't work um, in a shared space just because I want to make sure that my parents and my family are safe. Uh, right. So I would work from my, my parents' house because they got the space for that, but they don't have the internet for that. Uh, it's old school satellite, one megabyte connection. If you've got three phones connected to it, I don't know. This is this isn't even in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's no excuse for this. They just haven't extended like fiber or anything towards where they live. But they've been trying to to get this uh, happening. It's just it's not enough people, I guess. Or so we our plan was uh, going back because my partner's from Belgium. So we would go back for a couple of months and stay there or a bit longer, and then do the same to Portugal and like this we get to not be stuck in London and see our families and uh, make the most of it but unfortunately that was impossible so we did go a bit home for summer both to Belgium and Portugal but we came back here at the end of the day I do love London and I do my do love my life here so our stuff is here um, yeah. it doesn't bother yeah. me but we did consider I think this most of the people that did that will miss London and will come back at some point when everything is back up and when running. You can again. enjoy London for being London, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. That's the thing. You'd be like, when this whole thing started, apart from all the drama that came with it, my concern was, I can't enjoy London. I can't go on concerts. I can't like exercise and go play basketball with other people I can't do this like, like all these things that I used to do to enjoy London and meet new people and stuff I can't do so that's one of the main reasons not the weather I'm think I think I'm used I'm used to the weather and I'm from Greece like <laughs> good for you yeah <laughs> uh but uh yeah I I would miss London within two months I think I think yeah so that's uh, what would you if you had to give an advice to to a younger person about uh, them wanting to start in animations or or virtual graphics or 
what 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 would would your advice be to them if they wanted to start now oh uh, okay uh well this can all be taught online thankfully so there's a lot of really good resources out there or courses that, that are being done online that if you want to go into this industry definitely it's a good time if you can sit home and just study as hard and experiment as hard and play as much with the program as possible and there's a really big support community online for everyone who wants to learn anything. So, and um, so definitely, you know, just sit down and get started in playing with that. It's it's not a bad time at all. I mean, it's something that's easy to do it, whether in person or online, or even though you're missing that, you know, sociable part of stuff. But I remember that sociable part was uh, minimal compared to we just studied and we just worked from uh, you know nine to eleven when they closed the school and yeah you we work hard but then you play hard because everyone is just so in their head giving their all to learn as much as possible and cram it as much as possible because at the end of the day it's not like it's a place where your grades are going to count very much or anything like that what counts is the skills that you show that you have so it's your show reel at the end of the day so. Just focus on, you know, getting the skills and doing, uh, putting a good showreel out there, but just get the ball going because obviously it's the whole uh, catch-22, you know, you need a job to get a job kind of situation. Yeah, to get yeah, the yeah. But just get something out there, just start working freelance for whatever you can. Uh, one advice that I do give, which is something that I would love for this to stop in the VFX industry is, I'm sure it happens in others, but it's very bad in the VFX industry is how much people are just expected to work extra hours constantly every day. And if you don't, you're just not good enough. And because there's so many people, someone else is going to take over. So I wish that people would consciously from the beginning start making that uh, decision to work from this time to that time and stick to this so that, you know, the VFX industry workers stop being taken advantage into working so many extra hours without ever being paid and just the burnouts are are serious right. things. So do your work, have fun with it, you know, play as much as you can and get a good showreel out there and stuff will come your way, but don't break yourself to do it. Just make sure yeah. they have yeah. a good work-life balance. So um, what I found difficult for me to, to kickstart my career, I found it very difficult to, to, to find a job for the first time just because whatever I showed as a portfolio doesn't really matter to them. It's like, do you have industry experience? We don't care if you've done a million of websites. We don't. So it, let's say if someone like goes online and you're right, the community in technology is massive. Any, you, anyone can learn anything as long as they want to and they have a passion for it. So if someone just learns uh, VFX or animations or anything like that online and they just they get up to the point and up to the, up to the point where they're like really really good at it um without having studied anything do you think that right now they it would be easy for them to find a job or would it take time um i wouldn't say easy but easy it's never easy even if you did take a course right the first job is never something that's easy you got to find ways around it unfortunately uh, but definitely, if you are even self-taught, it's it's not a reason for you not to get a job. 
uh, they look at what you've done more than anything else. And obviously experience matters for many reasons because you can have all the technical skills, but if you don't know what it is to work in a team or how a company works or anything like that, that sets you a bit behind other people. And then there are just those people who are just extremely talented and they see a tutorial once and they just know how to apply this to everything. Their mind just works in that way, you know, which is good, but you still need to start at the bottom uh, and do those little jobs that are not as interested. But if you're skilled, uh, unless you're extremely unlucky, you would go up quite quickly. Right. Because juniors yeah. are, there are many of them in the industry, but they're really sought after because <laughs> as sad as it is, obviously they don't get the same salary as uh, someone who's a mid or senior, isn't it? And there's a lot of little things that need to be done in, in all TV series and movies uh, so that are, are very good for juniors. And if you start doing those things and they see very quickly that you can do them well and um, they give you more and you ask for more as well, then you, you will go up extremely quickly. I think skill is a big thing. Being lucky is as well. Obviously, you need to find the right fit for you in terms of a company. And even if you do find it, they need to be searching for someone like you. It's like anything in life. Yeah. But once you do, I do think that skill is the main thing. What did you What did you study? Uh, compositing for VFX. All right. So I did a course in a, a school called Escape Studios, which is one of the big ones to do with VFX uh, in London. So I did a intense short course of three months, and uh, they are they are very good. And uh, I mean, I really liked my teacher, and the support in the school was very good. And they actually got me my first job, because that's one of the really good things of that uh, school as well is they are involved with so many aspects of the industry in general, not just two D, but three D as well, or um, anything really. So once the students leave the school, they try quite hard to get them into the industry. So actually, I got my first job before even searching for one. I was still just doing my showreel and I get a, an email. I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is amazing. And then I realized that I get there. And actually, one of my colleagues was there as well, which I was so happy because it's my first job. And I get this someone that I know that I can bounce off, which is amazing. And uh, from there, just uh, things started coming my way because I just had a foot in the door, right? So right. it was, I was really grateful for that. So you did, it didn't take long for you to get a job after graduating? No, it took me, I finished. And then for about a month and a half, I was still studying a bit uh, on my own and trying to finish some personal projects and doing my showreel to get it all out there. And then I started applying to a few places, but about in a month and a half, I had my first job. And I was working ever since. I had periods where I had a week or two weeks off in between jobs. And then I would work in, in really extreme. In the, I, I had a job to do with uh, virtual reality. And oh, my God, that was the most intense thing ever. I would work from like 8 a.m. to like 1, 2 a.m. If I knew what I know now, I would have just been like, uh -uh, no, this is no life, you know. But uh, it was a good experience at the end. It was a month and a half. And I did learn from it. And um I know I don't want to do virtual reality anymore, <laughs> so I learned from it. But uh, yeah, I just I've been working ever since. Been yeah, virtual well. reality is actually a debate in the tech industry, um, and people get really excited with it. Like um, I have a friend that um, 
he's seen something where people can actually go and virtually watch an NBA game, NBA game or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, 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 obviously, all the games that everyone's playing in virtual reality and stuff. But they took out the um, the fact that the eyes get really tired really quickly, and someone cannot actually. It's very difficult for a person to actually be. What, to watch something in virtual reality for more hours and hours because it is really, really tiring in the eyes. And they're trying to, I, I think they most have like um, nause- this nauseous feeling after if they watch. Yeah, something. it's like you get sea legs, isn't it? Kind of a situation. So I think that's why I have people asking me, People that don't work in the industry, they ask me, well, why isn't virtual reality happening? What's wrong with virtual? And I think there's a lot of companies trying to fix that now, fix the fact that it kind of affects the human being in a way that it's not supposed to be affect us, but it does. It's not really some, yeah, everyone was really excited with virtual reality at first. Like, oh, you have to do this. You have to, you have to learn that. And I was, I was so into it as well. I wanted to learn. I never, I never actually did anything about it and it just ended up it's still good and there's still a lot of progression in it but I wouldn't really do it either no so okay um would you do you think you would go back to just doing animations or will you stay at uh, VFX um I'm definitely staying at VFX it's mm-hmm. something that I I really love. It's so much fun. So so many aspects of it are really good, and it's uh, it's something that I can imagine myself doing for the rest of my life, which is saying quite a bit because I never saw myself doing anything for the rest of my life. So who knows? Obviously, but it's definitely something I want to do. I wouldn't mind going back and doing a few things in animation, but it's definitely not a priority. Yeah, um, yeah. VFX is fun, and then you know the shows are also really fun. I mean. I can say like I worked on stuff like sex education, like that's that's one of oh, our. Oh, you did! Ones. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we I love sex education. People. It's one of my favorite. So much fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's so much fun. Definitely. So we've done quite a few of that kind of shows for Netflix, and uh, saying that I've worked on this, and people knowing what you worked on. Yeah. Obviously, that's not why you're in the industry, but it's it's an extra kick to be like, oh yeah, I know that. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, do you ever get jealous of like other jobs like directing or producing? Do do you, as a career progression, would you see yourself moving into that, directing movies or something? Um, Not so much directing. I do find that the production world can be quite interesting. So if one day I got sick of VFX, but I still wanted to do something related to it, going to Production would be something to consider. That's um, good. Management and then dealing with clients and everything. But for now, definitely not. <laughs> for now, I'm definitely very happy where I am. Yeah, still have yeah, a lot yeah. to grow and a lot to learn and still very, very excited about it. That's good. That's very good. So uh, working aside... I'm basically everyone that comes on the show I I always ask them about what do they do to keep themselves busy and do something else aside from work because right now for me the problem with the lockdown it was when does work actually stop like 
because it's like oh, five yeah. o'clock, six o'clock, and you're like, okay, I'm supposed to stop now, but I'm still here. I'm still working. I still have to finish this. Whereas when I was at work, I was like, nope, that's done. I would see my colleagues leave and I would do the same. Uh, yeah. And I would just continue my work the next day. Whereas now it feels like, well, it is literally you're taking work to home and mm-hmm. it's very, very hectic. So what do you do? do you, are you one of those people that picked up like sports or playing games or what are you, what are you doing aside from work? <laughs> well, I do more of that kind of stuff that I used to do before. Um, I started two things. So I started learning Japanese. Oh, wow. Which- I am in love with Japan and did a big trip there with friends. And I've always been very fascinated by the culture and everything. So I enrolled myself and I've been learning Japanese for a few months now, which is challenging, but extremely fun. Nice. Uh, and another thing that I picked up randomly is resin art. So I've been doing, uh, you know, plates and coasters and uh, bowls and um, chopping boards and little side tables. and really? you know, Yeah playing a lot with resin and it's it's a full-time job but it's so much fun <laughs> I I really need a proper workshop for this but it's uh it's something that I've been doing so I've got like loads and loads of pe- pieces and now I need to actually start selling some stuff <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah I've been doing that yeah do you how often do you get out of the house sometimes it's been like well I go out for I force myself to go out for a run now but uh there are some days when I don't exercise outside and then I end up just staying at home. Do you do you do the same or do you force yourself to go out for a walk in order to like feel oh, better? Oh, it, it depends. I think I go through periods. I mean, I try and always make sure that I get out of the house on the weekends and go for a biggish walk, which is not hard because to go to the closest green here, it's at least 10 minutes. And then if you want to go to a more interesting one, you need to walk half an hour just to get there and come back. So uh, I miss my uh, long hikes and everything else. So this is the closest thing that I've got. It's going for a big walk. So I kind of grab my boyfriend and I'm like, let's go. Let's do something. Yeah. Uh, during the week, um, it depends. There's days that I try and make sure that we go at lunchtime or something like that for a little 10, 15 minutes walk just to get out of the four walls. But then there's weeks that I realize it's like, oh, my God, it's been a week and I haven't left the house. But one thing that helps a lot is uh, one of my best friends lives nearby and her and her partner have a dog. So it's very easy to just go and meet them for a dog walk, which is lovely. Oh, nice. Uh, That's amazing. Outside, gets you out. Yeah, you get to say hi. You get to play with dogs in the park, which is great. Would you consider Uh, getting a dog or a cat? I would, but we can't. We can't. Yeah, we want two cats. (laughs) We've uh, we've got all this sorted out completely. We're definitely pet people. Unfortunately, it's the London life and the flat life, right? We're not allowed. Yeah, got the same problem. This is the lockdown is the perfect time to take care of a dog. I know, yeah. I know, definitely, it would be great. And yeah, cats are easy as well. You don't even have to worry about all the dog walks, even though dog walks are a great way to get it out of the house. Another mm. thing that I've been doing, which is, uh, I heard Smiley about five years ago running. And uh, I haven't been able to get back into running properly. And I've been actually doing physio for quite a while now. And now, after such a long time, I've gone back into running. So every two, three days, I do a running um, session. And then the other days, I do uh, strengthening and everything else. So that gets me out of the house for like half half an hour. So I I mean, I have terrible issues with knees 
uh, I've had three surgeries, uh, three surgeries oh, on one God. knee, and then the other knee has problems uh, oh, because God. obviously it got really tired after doing all the yeah. job. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I actually have um, an ACL tear on the other knee now. But um, and I I struggled I struggle a lot. I need to do physio. You have to do physio in order to survive. Yeah, <laughs> in order to be able it's to a long like, time as well. Yeah, it for me kind of like never really stops. Uh, if you stop and just let it go and you don't do anything to strengthen it, that's when I actually get problems. But I have serious problems with the knees. Uh, mm. so yeah well done yeah keep on doing that that's 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 great um physio strengthening and running is good <laughs> it's really good. uh perfect we do Thank have you. an indoor bike which helps oh, you as do well. oh yeah did you Definitely do the your, did you have your bike on a turbo trainer or like an indoor bike an actual no indoor? we uh, my bike is folded in the corner poor thing because it's a foldable one but we've got an indoor one as well Oh, get nice. some That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's it's always amazing to speak to you. And uh, I had no clue you've worked in all these great shows. That's amazing. Well done. I wish you all the best in the future. Oh, thank you. Thank you too. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll see you soon. Hopefully when this madness is done, I'll see you soon. Oh yeah, we'll we'll have to I'll have to go and see one of your gigs, which hasn't yeah. happened yet somehow. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing with that now the band is the band is broken up. So not not because yeah. but mostly because of COVID and people moving away and all this stuff. But hopefully we'll come back at some point. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank Definitely. you very much, Janesh. You're more than welcome. <laughs> If you like this week's episode, please go and subscribe on your podcast platform. You can always leave a review. Uh, I think we have zero reviews at this point. So please, please, please help us and uh, like us on Instagram at verified underscore geek. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.